Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You know, in Proverbs chapter 29, I have got that verse. Would you put it up for me? In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people, what, saints? Perish. You see that? And um, that word perish, by the way, is uh, the Hebrew word. It literally means, if you're taking notes, it means to let loose. It means without restraint. It means to run wild. It means to move about aimlessly without vision. The Bible says that people run around aimlessly like a chicken with their heads cut off. God says, if people don't have vision, they will run around aimlessly without purpose and without direction. Now, listen close. We don't have time to look at all the scripture verses and references, but in the Bible, when God wants to do something new, when God wants to do something fresh, when God wants to do something special, when God wants to do something wonderful, he often envisions an individual. God will give a vision when he wants to do something new and fresh and awesome. Take Moses. Take Paul as you fast forward in Acts chapter 16 in your own time. Hey, I'm looking at something wonderful, something new, something fresh as I look out in this congregation. And do you know, you guys know my story. Prior to coming here, all of this started with a vision. God gave me a vision when I was out in Southern California that I was moving east. And God began to unfold that vision. And now I look at a church that is a result of a vision, just a vision. I didn't know y'all, and y'all didn't know me. And, 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 and there was no Calvary here, but God wanted to do something new. And God wanted to do something fresh. And God wanted to do something wonderful. And so oftentimes, God, before he does something wonderful, fresh, and new, He will envision an individual. We find that principle taught and pictured throughout the scriptures. So last week, if you were with us now, we saw God doing something new. We saw God doing something fresh and wonderful in the life of a Roman military officer whose name was Cornelius. Don't you remember if you were with us, God sent an angel to Cornelius and told him to send men to Joppa. And there, there, were, there he would find Simon Peter staying in a house of a tanner. Remember we talked about that? And at the same time that Cornelius was, was, was given this, this, this word from an angel, Peter goes up on the housetop for a siesta. 
And he starts to get hungry. And he's thinking about lunch. And wouldn't you know it, lunch shows up. It comes down in a sheet. And in this sheet is every four-footed beast and animal and creeping things and all kinds of uh, 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 animals and things. And God said, Peter, rise, kill, and eat. And don't you remember what Peter said? Uh Uh-uh. No way, Jose. Not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. He said, can't do it. Remember he said, no, Lord. Remember, you can say no and you can say Lord, but you can't put no Lord in the same sentence. Remember we talked about that? He said, not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything common or anything unclean. And God told Peter, don't call what I've cleansed common or unclean. And that happened three times. And then after the third time, Peter is troubled. And the spirit said to him, Peter, three men are sent by Cornelius and they're at the door. Get up and go with them and don't doubt. And Peter at that point invites these three men in and they stay overnight. And this is where we pick up our story. We ended it in Acts chapter 10, verse 23. We pick up our story this morning, beginning in verse 24. Acts chapter 10, beginning in verse 24. Saints, if you're with me, say amen. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them, like on the lookout. And he called together his relatives and close friends. And as Peter was coming in, in verse 25, Cornelius met him. And what did he do? He fell down at his feet and he worshiped Peter. But Peter, in verse 26, lifted him up saying, stand up. I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and he found many who had come together. And then he said to them, you know how unlawful, Peter said, it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to another nation. But God, in verse 28, has shown me that I should not call any what man common or unclean. Don't you remember last week when the sheet came down and all kinds of animals and four-footed beasts were in the sheet? And I told you last week that, that, that the animals and four-footed beasts in the sheet represented people and it represented the church and how, and it represented the Jews because some of those animals in the sheet were Levitically unclean and some of them were Levitically clean. It was, you know, a collection of, of clean and unclean. And I told you that those animals represented people and it represents the church and how someday the church is going to be made up of all kinds of people. This is what God was trying to tell Peter. Now, how did I know that? Because in verse 28, it says, but God has shown me that I should not call what? any man common or unclean saints. What I'm trying to show you is that the scriptures interpret scripture. You don't need a commentary to interpret the Bible. Scripture interprets scripture. So we know what the four footed beast represented because verse 28 of chapter 10 clearly tells us you understand that say amen. Very important. Therefore, now in verse 29, I came without objection. Yeah, I don't know about that, Peter. Come on, man. God had to show you three times. I mean, what? Well, I don't know about that. I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. And I asked them, for what reason have you sent me? And so Cornelius said, 
Four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. Isn't that interesting? Remember, Peter was up on the roof, getting hungry, resting. And Cornelius, at the same time, was praying and fasting. Isn't that interesting? So Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at, the same, and at that ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothes, the angel, and said, Cornelius, underline this, saints, your prayers have been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. And when he comes, he will speak to you. And so I sent to you immediately and you have done well to come, Peter. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Cornelius says, Peter, listen, this is what happened. God has sent for you. I've got a bunch of people together. And now, Peter, we're all ears. What do you have to say? You know, this is a preacher's dream. People are gathered together and they're all ears. What do you have to say? Now, notice in verse 24 through 33, we just read there. Notice in verse 24, it's the next day. Did you see that? It's the next day. They leave Joppa and they're walking along the coast and they're headed for Caesarea. And and, and from Joppa to Caesarea, it's probably about 30 to 35 miles. So they're walking these 30, 35 miles on the coast of the Mediterranean. If you have been to Israel, you know how beautiful that is. That's incredible. So these guys are walking along. And by the way, there's 10 men traveling. 10. There's Peter. There's the three guys who came to get Peter. And then if you fast forward in your own time to chapter 11, verse 12, we'll look at it next week. It tells us that Peter had six Jewish men accompanying him. So we have 10 men walking along, headed toward Caesarea. And I got to wonder what they talked about. I got to wonder if Peter probably said to him, hey, guys, why don't you tell me about this Cornelius guy? Because remember, Cornelius and Peter had never met. They don't know each other. And so perhaps Peter said to them, hey, well, you know, tell me about Cornelius. Tell me a little bit about him. And the guys probably went on to say Cornelius was an awesome guy. Cornelius is a, is a, is a devout man. Cornelius is a praying man. He's a military guy, but he's a gentleman. And, and he loves the Lord. And he gives money to the poor. And they began to share a little bit about Cornelius as they walked along. And then they arrived finally at Caesarea. And when they arrived, the Bible tells us that Cornelius was waiting for them with all of his family and close friends. Now, again, Peter doesn't know Cornelius and Cornelius doesn't know Peter. And the meeting was arranged by an angel. So Cornelius is probably thinking, man, this Peter guy must be important. I mean, remember, he was praying and the angel shows up. So Cornelius is probably thinking this Peter guy, he must be really important. I mean, he's important enough for an angel to show up. And tell me to go get him. So Cornelius is thinking he must be an important guy. And Romans, mind you, were pantheist. Romans worshiped many gods. Polytheistic. 
They worship many gods. And so it's a common cultural thing. I'm trying to help you to understand a little bit of the fiber of this Roman centurion so you can understand when Peter walks in the room, Cornelius, probably just in an act of kind of who he is in the fiber of who he is, he falls down and worships Peter. He just falls down and he worships Peter and he falls at his feet. And Peter, did you notice what happened in verse 25? Did you notice he falls down and in verse 26, Peter grabs the man by the hand and he says, don't worship me. I am a man. Don't you see that Peter does not listen to me closely? Peter does not receive worship from men because Peter knows he's not God. What do you mean, Rodney? I'll tell you what I mean. Glad you asked. I went to Catholic school for many years. You guys know that. Went to Catholic high school. I was kicked out in the 10th grade. That's a whole nother sermon. We won't discuss it. And I was taught to pray to Peter. I was taught that Peter was the first pope. Don't you know, don't you see in our text, Peter doesn't walk in a room and say, hi, I'm Peter Pontificus Maximus. He doesn't walk in and say, hi, I'm Peter. You know, I have apostolic succession and I am the first pope. He doesn't say, I'm Peter, I'm the big kahuna and everybody needs to worship me. He doesn't say that. Peter says, stand up. I'm a man just like you. Listen, this is from the lips of Peter himself. He does not want to be prayed to and he does not want to be worshipped. And it is amazing how many people within, listen to me closely, in love, in love, in love, in the Catholic Church that say we should worship Peter and pray to Peter. And even today, as a matter of fact, I kid you not, St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, perhaps you know, today there is a 30-foot high statue of Peter. And when people come to visit the statue for several centuries now, they would come by and kiss the toe of that statue. That toe has been kissed so many times that they have worn the toe off. Not kidding you. They've had to replace the big toe. Now, if that wasn't so sad, it'd be laughable. Because people want to worship Peter. Peter says, listen, that's ridiculous. Don't worship me. Peter never wanted to be worshipped. He never wanted to be exalted. And notice in verse 28, I got to move on. Then he said to them, look at it again in your Bibles. He said, listen, guys, you know it's unlawful for a Jew to come in contact with another nation. But God has shown me I should not call any man common or unclean. Now, remember, Peter is in the house of Gentiles, of another race of people. And Peter walks in and says, listen, any good self-respecting Jew knows that they're not to come in contact or be in the house of a Gentile. Now, I don't know if I was in that house, I wouldn't know whether to feel happy or insulted at that comment. I mean, think about it like this. Think about it. Somebody comes in the house of another race of people 
And they say, well, you know, I want to tell you something. Normally, you know, we're not even supposed to be in the house with you people. But God is showing me. You know, the emphasis on God is showing me. You know, that, uh, well, you know, somebody said that to you and they walk, and you'd be like, now, wait a minute. I think I got to fight. I think I'm going to have to cut you. I mean, I don't... <laughs> what I mean, what is that? You know, it'd be like, you know, oh, 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 you know, late women, they'd be like, oh, I got to take off my earrings. Oh, we finna get into it right now. I mean, oh, oh, what's that supposed to mean? I mean, you don't know whether to be happy about this or, 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 or laugh about it. I mean, you know, or, or be insulted. And so Peter says, God is showing me. You see, now, no under, misunderstand something here, saints. Listen to me closely. Nowhere in the Old Testament did God ever tell the Jewish people that they were not to come in contact with Gentiles? That is not in the Bible. That is written in the annals of Jewish history. But that's not in the Bible. God never said that. As a matter of fact, are you listening? As a matter of fact, God said, Isaiah, over and over and over and other passages in the scriptures, God said that the Jew was to be a light to the Gentiles. He never said that the Jew was never to come into God. This was man's doing. This was man's making. God never said that a Jew wasn't to come into contact with a Gentile. Why? Because listen, God, are you listening? God is not a racist. That's why. You mean only 10 people agree with that? <laughs> oh, I'm going to say that again. Otherwise, we're going to have to start back at Acts chapter 1, okay? <laughs> God is not a racist. All right, now, y'all. Why is God not a racist? Because, listen, God is not black. God is not white. God is not Asian. God is not Hispanic. Jesus' name is Jesus, and I understand in Spanish is Jesus. But he's not Spanish, say amen. God is spirit. And they that worship him must, what please help me, worship him in spirit. God is a spirit. God is not black. God is not white. God has no ethnicity. God is God all by himself. God is separate from man. God is not like you. God is not like me. Now, we like to paint pictures of God, and, and we paint pictures of God based on our own image. But God is none of those things. God is spirit, and anybody who wants to worship God who is spirit must worship God in the spirit and in the truth of the word of God. And that's what the Bible says. So God, Peter, begins to preach at his home fellowship. And he says, I wasn't to keep company with anyone that wasn't a Jew, but God is working in me. And then Peter says, Cornelius, tell me, why did you send for me? In other words, God's working on my end, Peter says. What's going on on your end? And Cornelius says, I was fasting, I was praying. A man showed up in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer. Listen at this. Don't you remember I told you that Cornelius was not a believer, Cornelius was a devout man. He was a religious man. He paid alms. 
And he was a religious guy, but he didn't have a relationship. And that's why Peter has to go to him. That's what the story's all about. He's not a Christian. He's not a believer. And yet we are told, the scriptures tell us, in verse 31, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer. Now, with a show of hands, give me your attention, with a show of hands, have you ever heard somebody say that God does not hear the prayer of sinners? I put up both mine because I heard it a lot. Okay, that's a good number of you. Many people will tell you that God does not hear the prayer of sinners. Where did they get that from? Well, they get it from John chapter 9, actually. You remember the story of the blind man. As, the, as, the, as Jesus healed the blind man, the man who was born blind, and, and, uh, and the blind man said to the religious leaders, he said, we know that God doesn't hear sinners. He said that. And so people have taken that to say that God does not hear the prayers of sinners. Listen, the Bible does not teach that. Let's unlearn what's not right and learn what the Bible says. The Bible does not teach that God does not hear prayer of sinners. The Bible says that God does not hear the prayer of the wicked. And that's different, my friend. God does not hear the prayer of the wicked, and he does not. What is the difference? Well, listen, the prayer of the wicked, the wicked speaks of a person whose heart is turned away from God, and they are rebellious, and they are wicked, and in their rebellion, the Bible teaches, in their wickedness, the Bible teaches that God will not hear the prayer of the wicked. But God does hear the prayer of the sinner. Listen, if God is as simple as this, if God didn't hear the prayer of sinners, then why is anyone in this room saved? This is not rocket science work, people. If God didn't hear the prayer of sinners, then then how is it that anyone is saved? Listen, every single person in this room was not born a Christian. I remember saying that one time from the pulpit and after service, a brother came up to me and he says, oh, Pastor Rodney, what do you mean that every person in this room wasn't born a Christian? I said, well, I mean what I said and I said what I mean. No, I said, no, that's that's what I said. I said, no, no. I said, well, according to the Bible, and I started to wax theological, you know. Well, according to the scriptures, I'm going to break it down. You know what I mean? And tell him, you know, what the scripture No, I mean, nobody was born a Christian. He says, well, I was born a Christian. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Now, oh, I got trouble. And I started to get real deep, real spiritual. And he says, my last name is Christian. I looked at him and said, get out. (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) Okay, fine. But the Bible says, listen, the Bible is very clear. We are all born in sin. Amen, saints. And we're all shaped in iniquity. And we're all, we all were drawn away from God to the point that one day we had to ask Jesus to come into our hearts. And we had to pray and ask the Lord. So if God doesn't hear the prayer of sinners, then how did he hear you? 
God does hear the prayer of sinners, but he doesn't hear the prayer of the wicked. And that's why, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard because God hears the prayer of sinners like you and like me. Well, then notice in verse 33, I got to move on. Notice in verse 33, you might want to mark this in your Bibles. This is a very critical and crucial part in the book of Acts. Because at this point, church history in verse 33 is very, very important. Church history is poised. It's balancing right here in in verse 33. Because Cornelius' heart is open. And the history of Western civilization is going to be changed in the next five minutes. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is about to fill the very first Gentile. Look at this in verse 34. Then Peter, look at verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth. Uh Uh-oh. That might be trouble. He opened his mouth and said, In truth, saints, watch this, I perceive, would you underline that, highlight it, box it? I perceive that God shows no partiality But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent in verse 36 to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. What saints? He is Lord of all. Well, that word, you know, Peter said, which was proclaimed throughout all of Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism, which John preached how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about. This is what he did. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all these things, which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on the tree. Him God raised up on the third day. Saints, that's talking about the resurrection. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.